Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I recorded an interview with Pierre Polyev two hours ago. He was available to record then. He wasn't going to be available live because he's going to be on a plane. So I said, okay, we'll, we'll pre-record. Let me play for you the conversation I had with the Conservative Party leader, because Parliament resumes next week. And I wanted to have an opportunity to speak with him about what was coming our way and what the issues are for the Conservative Party and for the leader. And so here's the conversation that I recorded with Mr. Polyev about two hours ago. Mr. Polyev, let me start with this. So one year post-Ottawa Freedom Convoy, it's generating mixed reviews. No surprise there. What are your thoughts? And particularly as we close in on the issuance of the report concerning Mr. Trudeau's invoking of the Emergencies Act. Well, this is an occasion when I actually agree with former Liberal finance minister in the Trudeau government, Bill Morneau, who recently said that Justin Trudeau's decision to turn the vaccine mandate issue into a wedge political issue was a terrible mistake. Uh, Trudeau divided the country uh, unnecessarily and without scientific backing. There's no evidence that mandating and forcing the vaccine on people uh, was a lifesaver, that uh, the uh, option of getting vaccinated should obviously have been available, and I encourage people to do so, but I believe they should have freedom of choice. And when Trudeau imposed the mandate on truckers, he ultimately uh, was violating any common sense because the truckers are the least likely people to carry a virus or pass a virus on. They're all alone in the truck by themselves all day, and they've been uh, traveling across the border without a vaccine for two years, called the heroes until Trudeau hit them with the mandate that killed their jobs, and then they ended up in Ottawa, and the rest is history. Uh, he, that's where this started, and had he not done that, we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. So let's talk about something that is really troubling. Two years ago, there was polling information that told us 52% of Canadians were within $200 of not being able to pay their bills at the end of the month. This past week... 22% of Canadians told Ipsos for Global News that they are, quote, completely out of money, end quote. That's up 3% since a similar poll last October, and the number rises to 28% for women. Why are we there? What would you do about it? What could you do about it if you were the Prime Minister? Well, let's acknowledge why we have this problem. The cost of government is driving up the the cost of living, a half trillion dollars of inflationary deficits that made up the goods we buy and the interest we pay. The more Trudeau spends, the more things cost. Uh, it's just inflation, as I like to call it. But now it's worse than that, because according to the governor of the Bank of Canada, these monster deficits are now driving up interest rates. So heavily indebted households are paying more for their mortgages and their car payments. And that is uh, as breaking the financial back of a lot of families. So what's the solution? One, uh, I'll cap government spending with a law requiring uh, 
politicians find a dollar of savings for each new dollar of spending. Two, I will cut the waste by firing the high-priced consultants that now gobble up $15 billion of the government's budget. That's $1,000 for every household in the country. Uh, And uh, I'll save money by uh, cutting things, you know, defunding the waste at the CBC uh, and more. And those savings will bring down the deficit and allow us to defeat inflation and lower interest rates. So that's the first time to get rid of the carbon tax, which Trudeau wants to triple, 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 so that we can lower, by getting rid of it, we'll get lower the cost of gas, heat, and groceries. And, and uh, we'll be reforming the tax system so people can bring home more of each dollar they earn. Let me stay with uh, with numbers and uh, broad-base it a bit more to the national economy. Economists are warning the federal government of a turbulent 2023, which the government seems to have difficulty understanding. Now, Canada recently, as you know, over the last six months, has sent the leaders of allies, Germany and Japan, home dissatisfied after they personally visited looking for consistent, increased, and much-needed LNG exports. Massive infusions of money into Canada's economy, social programs, and health care, in my view, essentially refused. Now, I've asked you this previously, Mr. Polyev. What would Prime Minister Polyev be able to do and be willing to do on this front? What do you do if the Chancellor of Germany and the Prime Minister of Japan come calling? Say yes. Okay. Can you do it? We have, of course, we got hundred. We want 1,300 trillion cubic feet of natural gas under our feet. The only reason we can't currently exported to Japan and Germany is we have no export terminals. Uh, now we could easily build them and they would, the private sector would be thrilled to build them because they're very profitable. But uh, Trudeau's anti-energy laws have prevented a single one of the proposed 15 different terminals that were on his desk when he took office. Uh, so uh, the Americans since that time have built seven. The Germans built an import terminal in 194 days from the time it was proposed until the time it was completed. That's not, you know, barely a half a year they built it. Trudeau's had over seven years and hasn't completed a single one. So you just repeal the anti-energy laws, create the, a new process to approve these that protects the environment, consults First Nations, but gets decisions in a year. And then we can get, we can build a new one in Newfoundland, which is proposed. There's another one uh, in New Brunswick proposed. There are multiple off the west coast of, so on the west coast of British Columbia that are proposed that have enthusiastic support by the local First Nations people who will be part owners in them. I would approve all of them. And let's uh, get our gas to service. By the way, we have a huge advantage because we have cold weather, which makes it cheaper to liquefy. And we're a shorter shipping distance to Europe and Asia than the Americans. So we can get that stuff to market. And, and turn dollars for dictators into paychecks for our people. We only have two and a half minutes, and I have four questions. That's the way it works out. What do you do about premiers? What do you do about premiers, about provincial governments that would say to you, no, we're not playing ball? Quebec, for example. Well, in the case of LNG, we actually don't need a pipeline through Quebec. Uh, the LNG proposal in Newfoundland would pipe it from the Jan Dark offshore oil field. The uh, New Brunswick has its own natural gas that the First Nations want to develop there. And they have an existing um, export, basically import terminal that they just want to reverse and turn it into an export terminal. That's supported by the local provincial government. 
So I don't see obstacles with any of those governments. And I would go back to Quebec and say, look, you can get, get it on the action. It'd be good for your economy. Uh, and it would be good for the environment. So we encourage you to sign on as well. But there are lots of ways. There are lots of provinces that already agree. And the First Nations are almost unanimous in their support. Healthcare, number one issue with Canadians, even more so than the economy. So healthcare funding with Mr. Trudeau is set to engage, or the, or the Prime Minister is set to engage the Premiers in about two weeks. I spoke with the President and the immediate past Presidents of the Canadian Medical Association in recent weeks, and their view is we need a model in which funding follows the patient. Healthcare will be the major issue, I'm sure, in the coming parliamentary session. What strategy would you engage to begin to make Canada's healthcare what we expect it to be? Well, first of all, it's incredible how bad our health care is. And Trudeau's managed to double our national debt, add more debt than all previous prime ministers combined. And yet our health care is worse. He didn't buy any improvement uh, whatsoever with all that money. So what do we what I what do I propose? One, we need more doctors and nurses, and I would achieve that by signing deals with the provinces to speed up recognition of the foreign credentials of immigrant doctors and nurses. Uh, less than 50% of whom are, are allowed to actually work in our system, even those that are qualified and pass all the exams to prove that are blocked. So I think we should have a quick system to test them, prove their qualifications, and get them to work in our hospitals uh, as doctors and nurses. Uh, two, um, we need shorter wait lines, which means streamlining the bureaucracy and putting the money onto the front lines rather than the back office. And three, we need the federal bureaucracy to speed up approvals of breakthrough medicines and uh, and treatments that are available in the states and Europe, but blocked here by our bureaucracy. Those are the three things I would do. We are going to today uh, be speaking about the increase in stranger attacks across Canada, and particularly, but not exclusively, in public transit environments, with Toronto and Vancouver leading the way. What's your assessment of what's going on, and how would you address a situation like this which spontaneously appears. There are underlying causes. How would you address this? Well, first, we have to reduce or re- reverse Justin Trudeau's bail law. He, uh, he brought in a catch and release system, which, allow, which allows repeat violent offenders who are newly arrested for a new violent charge to get back out on the street the same day. And these offenders then go offend again and again and again. The police are helpless to do anything because they know that the the offender will just get back out. So what I would do is for repeat violent offenders, stipulate they can't get bail, um, except under exceptional circumstances where they prove that they are safe. Second thing I would do is take the money Trudeau wants to spend chasing down hunters uh, and hunting rifles and instead put that into um, more policing and more drug treatment and recovery so that we can protect uh, our, our, our people, but also give help to those who are mentally ill and who are uh, addicted to drugs. Many of these attacks are by drug addicts who are looking for money to try and pay for their habit. I would like to get those people into treatment and recovery. That's what Alberta's doing, and it's already starting to work. Let's bring it home. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.